discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. According to Forbes, on the first Friday in May, a gang of black hat hackers operating under the ominous nom de guerre of Darkseid successfully breached the cyber defenses of Colonial Pipeline a company that moves 100 million gallons of fuel a day through a 5,500-mile network of pipes running across the eastern half of the U.S. Colonial's system went dark for several days, prompting panic buying and gasoline shortages up and down the East Coast. Operations resumed in earnest on the following Wednesday, but only after Colonial reportedly paid the criminals a ransom of nearly $5 million in Bitcoin to regain access to its systems. No immense damage was ultimately done. Well, except of course to the price of Bitcoin. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Howdy folks, by now I'm sure you're all well aware of the Colonial Pipeline hack, and if you ask me, something fishy is going on here, thanks mostly to the changing headlines in the mainstream media. In fact, as of recording this, I noticed that a number of different articles can't seem to get the story straight as to a couple things. Number one, the date of the actual attack, and number two, exactly how much in Bitcoin the hackers paid out, and how much the FBI supposedly recovered. Wikipedia reports that the cyber attack took place on May 7, 2021, and it also reports that with the assistance of the FBI, Colonial Pipeline paid the requested ransom of 75 Bitcoin, or $4.4 million, within several hours after the attack. I had no idea that you could just pick up the phone and call the FBI and they were going to go ahead and help you out within several hours. But according to Wikipedia, that's what happened. Now I'd like to share with you this article I found on the American Conservatives website titled False Flags, False Narratives, and the Dark Side of Bitcoin, written by John Mac Glion on June 14th, 2021. Hackers took down Colonial Pipeline Co., one of the largest fuel pipeline operators in the United States, on April 29th. The hackers demanded to be paid in cryptocurrency, more specifically Bitcoin, and as you know, they were. Shortly after the attack, 
Colonial paid the hackers $4.4 million in Bitcoin. Then, like something out of a Satoshi Nakamoto-inspired Tom Clancy novel, on June 7th, the FBI reported the recovery of $2.3 million worth of Bitcoin from Darkside, the Russian-based gang behind one of the most disruptive cyber heists in American history. We now know that the Colonial Pipeline attack which resulted in severe shortages across the East Coast, was the result of a single compromised password. But how did the FBI manage to recover 63 of the 75 bitcoins paid to the Russians? After all, bitcoin transactions are irreversible. The only way for a person to get their money back is by reaching out to the recipient and politely asking them to return the funds. I'm not sure whether or not colonial personnel tried this, but if they did, one imagines that the hackers weren't very receptive to the idea. Cybercriminals are known for many things, but the possession of a conscience is not one of them. Some think the whole ransomware affair is little more than a false flag, a crude ploy to sully Bitcoin's already iffy image. Like Alice, such people have gone straight down the rabbit hole. Perhaps some of you are reading this right now. If so, let me disabuse you of such notions. Now, should the FBI be trusted? Considering Wikipedia has a whole page dedicated to FBI controversies, perhaps not. Nevertheless, Bitcoin Bitcoin can be recovered quite easily, without the need for fantastical narratives. Let me explain. To understand Bitcoin, one must first understand the difference between hot storage and cold storage, or a hot wallet and a cold wallet. The former is connected to the internet, the latter is not. Hot wallets allow for quick transactions, but what they offer in expediency, they lack in security. As Investopedia's Luke Conway writes, quote, people who are not using enough security when using these hot wallets can have their funds stolen. End quote. Cold wallets, on the other hand, are far less vulnerable to attacks. These offline or hardware wallets store a user's private key, which is needed to access Bitcoin. Which brings us back to the hackers. They opted for hot storage over cold, and the rest, for them at least, is a tale of tragic comedy. Okay, but how did the FBI access the hacker's Bitcoin? In the world of crypto, Bitcoin gets almost all of the limelight, although Dogecoin aficionados have had quite a run too. Without blockchain, however, there would be no limelight to lust after. With this distributed digital ledger, every single crypto transaction is recorded, whether you happen to be purchasing pizzas or paying criminals exorbitant sums of Bitcoin. Within the blockchain, there is something called Block Explorer, which is basically crypto's answer to Google. This search engine allows users including FBI officials, to search for very specific information. As crypto journalist Toby Hazelwood writes, quote, by interrogating the blockchain, they were able to track down the location of the Bitcoin address to a rented temporary cloud server hosted in Northern California. End quote. With $2.3 million worth of Bitcoin still in hot storage, the FBI obtained a subpoena, seized the server, and recovered the private keys. It was less a tale of FBI ingenuity than it was of sloppiness on the hacker's part. If all of the Bitcoin had been placed in cold storage, 
then the story would have turned out very differently. There is a false belief that Bitcoin transactions are anonymous in nature. They're not. They are pseudonymous, meaning some form of re-identification is always possible. With blockchain technology, transparency, not opacity, is its defining feature. Shortly after the FBI's announcement, the price of Bitcoin fell from around $35,000 to well under $34,000. The idea that the FBI, a government agency, could seize the ransomware payment so easily did not sit well. After all, what occurred undermines the whole idea of Bitcoin being free from the tyranny of centralized power networks. But the truth of the matter is this. Nothing and no one is free from the eyes of government officials. Around the world, authoritarianism is on the rise. The idea of privacy as we know it is quickly disappearing. The panopticon's light shines bright, perhaps brighter than ever before. And the world of crypto is not immune from its penetrating glare. JBS Holdings, the world's largest meat company, has just forked out $11 million in ransomware payments, also in Bitcoin, to a separate group of hackers. Will it be recovered? Probably not, but don't be surprised if it is. John Rice, the editor-in-chief at Cointelegraph, thinks Bitcoin's traceability is a strength, not a weakness. Quote, its very traceability means that Bitcoin is actually a hero, the digital equivalent of the exploding blue paint in a bag full of stolen cash in a heist movie. End quote. Is Bitcoin to blame for the ransomware attacks? Of course not. Ransomware attacks are on the rise, and Bitcoin just happens to be the hottest ticket in town. The demonization of Bitcoin is easy and convenient for those in power, and as Rice noted, quote, ransomware attacks provide a useful opportunity to portray Bitcoin as a villain, end quote. The villains, however, are the true villains. And now, some are calling for a Bitcoin ban, a demand that is as absurd as it is unfeasible. With places like El Salvador and Paraguay embracing the digital currency, it matters very little whether or not the United States bans it. As the economist Jeffrey Tucker told me via email, quote, art thieves like Vermeer and Picasso, but no one would suggest that the existence of art thieves means that people should not paint, end quote. Bitcoin is an attractive asset for humans, be they criminal or otherwise. There are now 46 million Americans who own Bitcoin. Outlawing it is not realistic, nor is it in any way helpful. It fails to address the elephant in the room, i.e. the chronic underfunding of American cybersecurity. While allocating almost $2 trillion toward military spending, the U.S. government has set aside a budget of just $17.4 billion to deal with cyber threats. Each week around the world, a thousand different companies and government branches are the victims of ransomware attacks. As technology becomes more sophisticated in nature, this staggering number will only grow in size. As the aforementioned Hazelwood writes, quote, to blame Bitcoin for the existence of ransomware is naive and a case of scapegoating the currency for the crime, end quote. He makes a valid point. The first cyber attack occurred in the 80s, long before cryptocurrencies arrived on the scene. Instead of focusing on the banning of Bitcoin, how about regulating it? And when it comes to ransomware attacks, instead of scapegoating Bitcoin, how about putting more energy into fixing America's shoddy cybersecurity systems? Make no mistake about it, with or without Bitcoin, further ransomware attacks are inevitable, and the United States is ill-prepared. TheAmericanConservative.com Now, as you may well be aware, folks, I am a cryptocurrency investor, and full disclosure, I do own a small amount of Bitcoin. Nice and safe, 
in cold storage. Not your keys, not your crypto. And hey, speaking of that, I did notice that all across the cryptocurrency community on social media and YouTube, the vast majority of self-proclaimed experts and people who are, quote, not financial advisors, end quote, were very quick to lean in the conspiracy theory direction as far as this story is concerned. And I can't blame them, because when the story broke, there were nothing but headlines and vague descriptions of the FBI hacking Bitcoin, and really not explaining much else other than that. And not only did the news affect the price of Bitcoin, it also had some folks in the community pointing fingers at each other. Take for instance this article on Cointelegraph, posted June 9th by Martin Young. Headline, Coinbase says it was not involved in the DOJ's Bitcoin ransom seizure. Coinbase Chief Security Officer Philip Martin has refuted suggestions the American crypto exchange was involved in any seizure of crypto assets related to the recent Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack. Martin took to Twitter on Tuesday to explain the firm's involvement, or lack of it, with the Department of Justice's warrant for the seizure of Bitcoin. Quote, Coinbase was not the target of the warrant and did not receive the ransom or any part of the ransom at any point. We also have no evidence that the funds went through a Coinbase account wallet. End quote. The official seizure story, in which government officials recovered 63.7 Bitcoin, worth roughly $2.3 million at the time, had a number of irregularities. Federal investigators claimed to have obtained the Dark Side Group's private keys, but did not disclose how the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation was able to commandeer them. According to the affidavit, the private key for the subject address was in the possession of the FBI in the Northern District of California. This led to the connection with Coinbase, which has servers in the area, as a number of Twitter users pointed out. For example, user at thisisbullish tweeted, quote, The Bitcoin associated with ransomware slash darkside slash colonial pipeline co. hack went through the Californian servers of at Coinbase and likely seized by U.S. investigators there. Not your keys, not your 63.7 hashtag Bitcoin, end quote. Martin refuted these claims, stating, quote, I've also read that because the seizure warrant specified property in the Northern District of California, it had to be targeted at Coinbase. Nope. What this likely means is that the private key is located at one of the many Northern California FBI field offices, end quote. He added that due to the exchange's storage mechanisms, which use a pooled hot wallet, it, quote, wouldn't make a ton of sense, end quote to hand over a specific private key. Questioning how the investigators acquired the private key, he guessed that it was, quote, some good old-fashioned police work to locate the target servers, end quote, followed by a mutual legal assistance treaty request and or some political pressure to get access. Concerns arose over the abilities of authorities to access the cryptographic keys, which played a role in Tuesday's market drop. However, authorities have a variety of innovative ways to access private information. On the same day, reports surfaced detailing a fake encrypted communications app used by criminals that was secretly operated by the FBI in order to surreptitiously collect messages, private information, and monitor criminal activity on a massive scale. In a newsletter on Tuesday, Maddie Greenspan, founder of Quantum Economics and a former senior market analyst at eToro, stated that the recovered ransom was actually bullish 
for Bitcoin, as many had expected U.S. politicians to use crypto as a scapegoat for the attack and to enforce some heavy-handed regulations. Quote, Instead, they were clued in to what we already knew, that it is easier for authorities to catch criminals who use crypto than anything else. End quote. Greenspan added that the, quote, only valid explanation for prices to be falling is that markets are random, especially in the short term, end quote. At the time of writing, Bitcoin was trading down 2.2% over the past 24 hours at $33,000, after slumping over 10% since the beginning of the week. Cointelegraph.com Now, folks, I would like to point out a couple of interesting things. Number one, if this supposedly Russian-based gang was smart enough to pull off, quote, one of the most disruptive cyber heists in American history, end quote. How come they're not smart enough to secure their Bitcoin? Weird. And number two, as pointed out in the Cointelegraph article, for the vast majority, politicians have not been using this as an opportunity to demonize Bitcoin. However, the way it was reported on in the media certainly affected the price, albeit temporarily. As of recording this episode, June 14th, 2021, just a week after news broke that the FBI seized the hacker's Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin is at $40,194.71, which is up 20.33% in the last seven days. Now, if I was a conspiracy theorist, which I'm not really, and if I was at all suspicious of the mainstream media, and I am, very. I really wouldn't put it past the owners of these media outlets to buy a bunch of Bitcoin on the dip and do what so many of us in the crypto space do, and that's buy the rumor, sell the news. And since the mainstream media owns the news and creates the rumors, I think you would agree that the game is certainly rigged in their favor. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Monday, June 14, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.